Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the MSW Media and Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Brian Karam. He's the host of the Just Ask the Question podcast. He writes for Salon. He's a White House reporter, and we have a lot to talk about. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get a bonus What's Up episode every Tuesday. It's kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and I talk about whatever's on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Now please enjoy my conversation with Brian Karam. Welcome back to the show, Brian. Thank you for having me. I'm Glad so to be ex- here. I'm so excited. You're my favorite reporter. Of course, I'm so happy to have you. And you know why you're w- one of the reasons why you're my favorite is, and I wish I, I think it was Alina. I don't know who it was, but somebody said something and they were lying and you just called it a lie on Twitter. You didn't mince words. You didn't dance around it. And I've got to say, you know, as somebody who is critical of the media, of the news media specifically, um, I really appreciate the way you just say it. So I just wanted to get that out of the way because I really, I really enjoy your presence in this world. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, I try to call out lies as I see them. Yes. And I mean, in real time. Yes. <laughs> and, and you say the word, you don't dance around it. And it's so important. Um, so we have a lot to cover. Uh, I want to start. The thing that's worrying me the most is these 25 states with Republican governors, governors who are supporting Texas and they're ignoring the SCOTUS ruling about removing the deadly razor wire at the border. So I have, you know, I'm going to be asking you questions coming up about the election and stuff like that. But as far as this Trumpism magna movement is concerned, how do you like where do you see this going with these with these red states not listening to the Supreme Court's ruling? They're just trying to run on it. They're, as they say in Texas, all hat and no cattle. Do you think they're actually going to uh, secede from the union? No. <clears throat> Give me a break. Texas has 15, uh, you know, federal bases in its state. It gets 68, uh, what, billion dollars a year in aid from the federal government and a hundred billion dollars a year uh, in its econ- mm-hmm. in its economy because of the bases in its state. They're not going to – and by the way, I love it when these people are going, yeah, we're going to secede from the union. Well, I still get well, I still get my social security check. No. No. That's so it's it's all BS. It's, it's staged. And so, you know, Biden last Friday said, listen, um, send me a bipartisan bill. I'll sign it. And then there were all these people going, Kami, you know, you want us mm-hmm. to bend over to you, blah, blah, blah. And, and they're screaming, you know, that they're going to secede. So Biden said, all right, fine. Uh, you know, I've done all I can do. Mm-hmm. He's not going to uh, call in the troops. He's not going to escalate it any further. That's kind of smart. So, the you know, the ball's now back in the state's courts. Fine. You want the, you want the responsibility? Don't be shipping people by buses to other states. Don't be pulling – here, out of your budget, you take care of, of, of your uh, – uh, border yeah. and of course that's not what they want to do they're just simply trying to make they it's this is all because of donald trump donald mm-hmm. trump wants to campaign has told them has said as much he wants to campaign on the issue he doesn't want it solved until he gets in office so he can take credit for it mm-hmm. and the republicans are doing what mitch mcconnell did and the lat in in the election before that you know not the past election but the 2016 election when he held off nominations 
to the mm -hmm. Supreme Court until Trump came in. He was banking on Trump yeah. getting in office. He was gambling on that. So that's what they're doing this time. They're, they're going to try and hold it off, and they're gambling that Trump will get back in office, and then Trump can claim that he solved the problem. It's just theatrics. So do you think as far – I mean, because I know Governor Spencer Cox just signed a sovereignty bill into law that allows Utah to ignore some federal directives. So, like, let's say Biden says, look, we're going to come in with the feds and we're going to take that wire out. Um, do you think that there would be push – like, do you think there would be, like, legitimate violent pushback from Texas? Well, this – we're talking about Texas. There's violence in Texas every day. Yeah. I mean, it's that wouldn't be, would it be any different than the violence that we already <laughs> see on a daily basis? Yeah. And I love how they're getting all that. We're going to have, I remember back in the 80s when Ronald Reagan said that uh, the Sandinistas were just a two hour plane ride from our border, right? Mm -hmm. So the KKK showed up on the border and there were 11 of them in a couple of cars. And they said, we re each one of us represent 100 members of the Klan, and we're here to stop these brown people from coming across the border. They were met by 150 LULAC supporters, League of Urban Latin American Citizens, and they didn't show up representing 10 or 100 people each. They just represented themselves, mm -hmm. and they ran the KKK out of town on a rail. It's always, <laughs> it's always for show. It's always drama with these people. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's like my kid when they were, you know, you don't want to, I don't want to eat the jello and throwing up and down. I don't want to <laughs> eat my, you know, my vegetables and throwing a fit. It's all for show. Yeah. Oy vey. All right. Because I know a lot of people, including myself, have been concerned about that. But I'm going to take you at your word and I'm just going to let it go for now because I think I, I can see your point. Now, you recently wrote a Salon article titled MAGA is Right, Sort Of. So, Will you talk about your article? <laughs> well, they're right, but just not in the way they believe. Right. And in the way they're right is they, you know, they say Donald Trump, you know, woke us up, you know, woke up America. Well, they're right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you, the, the MAGAs may be following Donald Trump, but the rest of us are, you know, woke up and said, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> All we have to do is vote. Yeah. They're in the minority. Yeah. And I give Donald Trump and his supporters this much. Donald Trump is indefatigable when it comes to the energy to to stay afloat. And that's because he's basically he's on a, a survival mission, his yeah. revenge mission to get back in the White House. He has to come out and push it every day. He's got it. He has no income except that which he gets from his supporters. And he has a he's tireless in the pursuit of fame, fortune and whatever he can voiced onto the american people and then his supporters although they are dwindling those that are left are just as loyal to him no matter how much he fleeces them for for their money so yeah. that's the kind of loyalty you want as i said in the column that's the kind of loyalty you want from from a neighbor in a bar fight but you really don't want to invite them to your backyard barbecue <laughs> um so that that's you know that's that's where they're right is yeah. that they we, we slept through a lot of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it began with the Kennedy assassination, and we elected Nixon, and we put up with that. Mm -hmm. We elected Reagan, and we put up with that. And, and, uh, and then Newt Gingrich, and we put up with that. And now people are going, wow, this is, this is too much. But it wouldn't be here. My criticism is, is kind of twofold, and, and it wouldn't be here if we had woke up to what was really going on in this country 40 years ago. Totally agree, yeah.
We have, I mean, you know, I'm going to go to my grandmother who was just the sweetest woman in the world and really was not political. And after, I think it was after Bill Clinton, her perspective is like, well, now it's the Republicans' turn. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping, Life. I know, I know my mother, like my mother's very liberal. It's like, ah, but, um, I'm hoping that that sentiment, because that is like, I've heard someone say that that's a sentiment of older people. And I'm wondering, you know, with, with all these new younger people coming on, you know, getting registered with the whole Taylor Swift thing, all of it. I don't know that that would be the case anymore because 28 uh, is the one that has me more concerned than 24. But I'm getting ahead of myself. What I wanted to ask you is because you mentioned that guy who severed his father's head, went on social media attacking Biden and calling for a second revolution while also claiming that he was the Messiah. Um, so I know dwindling support. I know it's dwindling. But there's still very much a problem. And I'm wondering what, what do you believe it's going to take to overcome Trumpism? And can we do it? Yeah, we can. And I think what it takes to overcome Trumpism is to show up and vote. Yeah. There's just they're a minority. They're not the majority of voters. They're the minority. But they're very, very strident mm -hmm. and they will turn up to vote and they will turn out and they and you've got to worry about them. You want to make sure that you, there are more than Trump supporters are volunteering, you know, at, at uh, to help. <laughs> it's the ballot box. Yeah. You want to make sure that we are involved. The rest, the 75% of the country that finds them truly to be deplorable mm -hmm. shows up and votes and volunteers to help and gets people to the, to the um, polls. And, and, and you've got to do more. This is the other thing that we've been awoken to. And that is that you have to do more than just show up and vote. Yeah. You have to be involved in the process. The American people get the representatives that we deserve mm -hmm. by how we vote. Mm -hmm. In this country, we consider a 50% voter turnout, a great voter turnout. And think about that for a moment, because yeah. that means that a majority of the votes cast would be 25% of the actual voters plus one. Mm -hmm. That's a very slim minority, but that's about how many people support Donald Trump, 25%. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. You've got to get more people out. And by the way, people who go that, you know, this is overwhelming Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not overwhelming. And it's a bunch of <laughs> hooey. For, if you go back during the revolution, 25% of the people wanted to stay with the king, mm -hmm. right? During the Civil War, it was 25% that broke away, right? Mm -hmm. During the during the Civil Rights Movement, it was 25% of the people that were burning Beatles albums. This is not changed. This is the lower end of the gene pool. This is what they do. <laughs> so all that social media has done is give them a louder voice. Yeah. There's still a minority of people, and you shouldn't be frightened by a bully. You should stand up to a bully. Don't be worried about Donald Trump. Be worried about getting people who think like you do out to the polls and, and voting. That's where the that's the concern should be in being involved, not being afraid of Donald Trump's people being involved. Mm -hmm. They don't frighten me. I'm not afraid of them. I don't care. Screw them. And I've had, you know, I've had my life threatened. I've had to fight in court to keep my press pass. I had, you know, my... Uh, personal property. My car was vandalized wow. by, you know, Trumpers. I, I, I don't wow. care. Screw them. <laughs> I, you know, I, 
I don't give a shit. We're going to go out and do what we got to do, and they can, you know, kiss my big tuchus. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. Um, okay, so I'm g- how, do, how am I going to say this? Uh, I'm going to start with, and I don't know where you are, but it seems to me that, like, many people, many people are saying um, that maybe Donald really doesn't have a real chance of winning outside of cheating. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm feeling that way. I'm feeling like I don't think he can win. And part of the reason why is just because of everything that's happened since 2016. Every election he has lost. Even if he wasn't in it, he lost it. Um, but that brings us to these trials, and specifically the New York trial, the Jack Smith case. Um, it's It's been, okay, so Allison Gill talked about this, and she says she's concerned it's been three weeks uh, since the D.C. Circuit has done anything, and she basically says, I'm worried. Every day that passes without a ruling is another day tacked onto the delay of the D.C. trial, ultimately um, concerned that it's going to be after the election. So my question to you is, if it's true that the, that the um, judge in Florida is able to postpone that, plus the, the 1-6 trial with Jack Smith, if that get, gets postpo- postponed, how do you think that's... like? How is that going to impact? Because I still don't think Donald Trump can win, but I think that that is going to, like, if, if we don't see those trials before the election, I don't think it's going to be good for the country. But, like, what do you, what's your overall take on that? Well, I got to, there's a lot to unpack in that. First of all, let's start <laughs> with Donald Trump can't win. In the seven states that are considered the swing states, and if I forget one of them, forgive me, but I mean, there's Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Uh, Georgia, Ohio, uh, and I can't remember the other two, Uh, Wisconsin, maybe. And so, yeah, Wisconsin, and I forgot the other one. So in those states right now, um, if you run on Roe v. Wade, Donald Trump loses. Mm -hmm. And most of the economic indicators in those seven swing states are polling uh, pro-Biden. So Mm -hmm. Donald Trump's not going to win. But to unpack that even further – I don't even think he's going to be on the ballot. I've said this <laughs> repeatedly. I don't think the SOB is going to be on the ballot. And there's and that's for a variety of reasons. It could be that the actuarial tables get him. He's not in the best of health. Yeah. It could be that he, he that he stands up in a uh, in the middle of his speech as he already has done and loses it, <laughs> but loses it to the point where even his his followers go, "Well, you know, I was with him until he took a, a shit on the stage and wiped his ass with a flag. Then I had to, you know, abandon him. That's a potential. Po- I mean, yeah. anything with Donald Trump right. is possible. I don't think he's going to be on the ballot. So to unpack that even further, where do, where do I fall out with all of it? I think that Donald Trump is past tense, but you cannot just say it. You've got to live it every day through the uh, election and make sure it happens because mm-hmm. it, could he cheat? Well, yeah, he tried to cheat last time. Mm-hmm. He didn't recognize 60 court decisions against him and still says that he lost because Biden cheated. I, I think at the end of the day, it, it's, it's vigilance, you know, price of Liberty is eternal vigilance is as Thomas Jefferson said. And now more than ever, this election is about our democracy mm-hmm. and it's not about, uh, Biden versus Trump, it's it's author, uh, authoritarianism and autocracy versus democracy. Mm-hmm. Make your choice, yeah. folks. That's what it boils down to. And I have faith in the American people. Well, I do too. I say that, like, hopefully. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, they, they have, we have, you know, 
after Trump got into office in 2016. You know what I mean? Obviously, we had that march, and then the first election that we had right after that, it went to the Democrats. And so, I, you know, we have been seeing, plus, unfortunately, because of the discomfort that we've all been going through, you know, as I said earlier, young people are really interested. I always go back to myself, because when I was in my you know, early 20s, I was absolutely not political, and I was able to access birth control, I could go to Planned Parenthood if I wanted, if I was pregnant and didn't want to be, and if I wanted abortion, I knew it was available to me, and it was not a a threat at that point, but I know if it were a problem then, I absolutely would have been paying attention to politics, and I see that that's what's happening, because usually when we're uncomfortable is when we start paying attention to things, so we're very uncomfortable, and young people are very, very upset. And I, 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 do, I do kind of have some hope in the American people. And now I want to ask you, as far as Biden is concerned, I think that we're seeing some really good strategy coming from the White House with messaging. Um, there's that Biden HQ account on Twitter and social media that's kicking ass. Um, I think that the Democrats are messaging a little bit uh, better than they have. I'm wondering if you think that they are too, and what do you think? Where do you think it could improve? Well, it has to be doing better than it was because it's the worst I've ever seen. For a, I, I like Biden as a president and the things that he's done, and I maintain that his messages and his his um, his communication staff, both on the the ground for his reelection and in the White House are among the worst. I it you just can't say something one time and have the American people go, "Yay!" You've got to what Donald Trump has taught us is that you have to beat him over the head with it constantly, mm-hmm. and Trump will beat you over the head with a with a lie, and people will believe it. Just imagine if you got beat over the head with the truth mm-hmm. every time the the Republican Party comes out and you know they campaign against. Uh, the infrastructure bill, and, and and then they campaigned for it. They campaigned in Congress against it. When they ran for re-election, they took credit for it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy, folks. Mm-hmm. So the Biden people, you know, I talked to Alice Stewart, who's a, a Republican strategist. She goes, I'm pro-life, whatever that means. And, um, you know, Biden didn't. And she said, look, pro-life never wins at the ballot box. Why are you stressing January 6th and stuff that'll get people arguing when 75 to 80 percent of American people, including conservative voters, believe that Roe versus Wade should be, you know, should still be the law of the land. Mm-hmm. So they need to what they need to improve. I would say their message. It, it's it's democracy versus authoritarianism for the first time in our life. Uh, they took away a right from us instead of giving us rights. That needs to be stressed. And then for the Christians out there. What is it, Matthew 25, and you know, <laughs> whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers, you know, try, mm-hmm. try, try to actually have a Christian message for the uh, fake Christians who <laughs> want to deny, you know, giving help to those the right. least of us, and will embrace Donald Trump, a convicted, in civil court, mind you, but convicted rapist. Well, don't you think though? I mean, because I don't think Biden is really campaigning at this point i mean i think he's gonna really st- he is every day he's out on the road that's the see what you just said it, it stresses my point it, they need to have better messaging now i know right now their messaging is strong in the uh, as i said in the uh, earlier in the seven swing states mm-hmm. i know that's where the, the the messaging right now they're spending a lot of their money and a lot of their time mm-hmm. i get that 
Um, but at the same time, they need to be on the television news shows. They need to be, you know, out speaking. They need more stuff, on, more of their clips out on uh, social media. They need to have their surrogates speaking at the White House and the sticks. They need to nonstop talk, yeah. um, which is what they're not really good at. And And some of it is because they don't know how to do it. And some of it is because they think they don't know, they don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the truth, will, I ha had one of them say, the truth will speak for itself. I go, really? Does the truth have lips? Does the truth have lungs? <laughs> Those are yours. Yeah. That's that's what your job is to do. Right. Don't tell me the truth will speak for itself. The truth is an abstract thought. Yeah. You have to speak for it. Right. And so I, I get in disagreements with them all the time about their effectiveness at communicating with the American people. And by far, I think this, you know, uh, Biden doesn't get out in front of the press very much, especially at the White House. Uh, when he does, it's brief. I get that. But he's only had two press conferences at the White House, two full press conferences in the three and a half, three plus years he's been there. He's never been to the briefing room. Donald Trump had been to the briefing room at this point in time in his administration more often than Biden has been there. So it's they have some problems to overcome. Mm -hmm. Both of these people are aging. Uh, I think Biden, having been next to both of them and standing next to both of them and observing both of them, I think Biden is in far be better physical and mental shape than Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But we need to see it. Yeah, that's true. Well, and then the other part of this is I, last night, Chris Hayes was talking about how Bidenomics is finally starting to be felt by people because usually like everybody thinks right now there's a huge portion of the U.S. that doesn't really understand that the economy is booming. But according to Chris Hayes, that uh, lag time where it catches up, where good things are happening and then it catches up to us, is finally coming to a close and more and more people are feeling it. And this year... He, you know, he was talking about so many, you know, whether it's, um, oh God, you know, getting more people to work, all, all the good positive indicators about our um, economy is going to start to be felt by the American people. Now, do you think? Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. The oh, question. I was just going to ask. I mean, do you think that's going to make a big? It's going to be a big deal in 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 voters when they're going to. I mean, I it, it seems like it would, but do you think the message is going to be sent? Is what I'm asking. Well, talk today. remember James Carville. It's, it's, it's all the about the economy, is, stupid. Yeah. So, yeah, for many people, sure it is. But look, the economy has been fine since Biden has been in office. Yeah. And they haven't, you know, the, Chris Hayes saying, you know, that we're finally starting to feel it. Maybe the, the fact is that Biden is finally saying it mm -hmm. and it's resonating. Say it often. Say it loud. The economic indicators have been there. We the recovery coming out of post COVID turns out we have the best recovery post COVID of any nation on the planet. Mm -hmm. And by God, why haven't we heard that more often? Yeah, you know, it, and they want to scream about gas prices. I get it. Yeah, I understand. Got it. But do you understand why? And so when you explain the reason why, most voters see that as equivocation. Oh, he's just making excuses. <laughs> it's really Biden's fault. <laughs> well, whereas if it were Trump in right. office, you know, and, and the Trumpers go, it's not his fault, the evil, you know, it's the deep state that's against yeah. him. 
people would his voters would buy that. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is say deep state mm -hmm. and you've got a Trumper believing no matter what follows afterwards. Yeah. So those people are more ready to believe those people who are more adherent to facts want to see the facts. OK, we have to take a quick break, but we'll be back after this message. Hi, I'm Kimberly, the host of the show you're listening to right now. If you're not already a patron, please visit patreon.com slash start me up. I've got a bunch of different tiers. You can take a look at the one that makes you feel the most comfortable and become a patron today. I would really appreciate it. Patreon.com slash start me up. Now back to the show. All right. So now I'm going to switch this over to um, Taylor Swift. And I, I, I have a problem with, you know, with all of this, even though she's the one who said, hey, you know, go register to vote. She didn't do anything wrong, but, but by doing that, she pissed off um, MAGA. And so, of course, if her boyfriend, uh, I, what's his name, Travis Kelsey, is that how you say his last name? Mm -hmm, yeah. So if his team loses, then it's her fault. And then when his team goes to the Super Bowl, you know, then it's deep state psyop, all that stuff. And, um, you know, we saw DeSantis going after Disney and book burning and now it's like there's this psychotic movement there there i think somebody online said it was psychotic and i that, that's the word i'm going with because they're behaving like i've never seen anything like this i mean i'm 55 years old and maybe this has happened before i know you know they went after yoko ono but it wasn't political in the way that they're going after taylor swift but i i just i mean this can only backfire am i correct i'm hoping I'm one of these guys that go, I, I don't care. If, it, if, if Taylor Swift was pro-Trump, they'd have her on Fox News. She looks like every one of the anchors they yeah. have on Fox News. Yeah. What are they upset about? All these, these so-called tough, you know, uh, what they call themselves uh, alpha males have got to be beta, delta, and zeta males. They, they, they can't stand the fact that there's an independent woman saying something they disagree with. And she gets traction and people listen to her. That's all it is. And so I, I, I don't want to give it any more oxygen than it deserves. And the most oxygen it, oxygen it deserves is to look at those people that are coming out against Taylor Swift and going, blow me. That, that's the stupidest damn argument I've ever heard in my life. You know, that she's in love with a guy. He's in love with her. They're going to a football game together. Who cares? I, I, I'm more worried about who's going to win the Super Bowl. And, and I'm pissed off that the Packers aren't in it. So every time they go against, uh, go against Taylor Swift, they go, eh, she makes good music. She, she's smart. Leave her alone. And, and, the, and the alpha, the so-called alpha males who can't, it's like, when, when was the last time you had a date? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Really? I mean, but I think I think that this is going to hurt them in the election because all these young, oh. I mean, the young girls. Of, yeah, young of girls. Of course it's going to hurt them in the election, except with old farts. It's old farts. It's going right. to hurt them. It's going to hurt them in the election, except with old, angry white males who are always screaming, you kids get off my lawn. That's who the, those are the only people that are going to love it. Oh, my God. Well, it's, you know, it's just it's such a crazy time to be alive and. I guess, you know, it's good to have your perspective because you do seem to be a little bit more, I don't know, calm about what's going on. Um, I, I feel like I think we're going to get through this. I genuinely believe that. But I feel like it's very painful um, to deal with 
I mean, looking at Nikki Haley saying that this country wasn't racist, but then, you know, when Obama became president, that's when all the division started. You know, it's like we're dealing with with blatant everything because of Trump. Everybody feels that they could just say all the quiet parts out loud. And it's painful. I mean, not necessarily to my life in particular, because I'm a white woman. But I mean, there are people who are trans and people of color who are you know going through whether it's you know mental anguish because of what's going on or actual physical threats and things that are hurting him. your car was broken into i mean it's really fucking scary you know it's scary well, to be in this where'd you grow up southern california <laughs> ah, see i grew up in kentucky so none of this is new to me right i've heard this my whole life yeah so it doesn't really resonate with me as much it's just that somebody handed the microphone over yeah. to the crazies yeah. and said, oh, and your turn. And, and, and thanks to Donald Trump, the crazies have a mouthpiece. Yeah. So I'm not really, I'm not moved or concerned by it because I know basically that it's bull. <laughs> well, all right then. Um, you know, I want to ask you about your podcast because obviously you are with MSW Media, and so am I, and I am the social media manager. So I see all of your shows. And um, oh, well, God bless. <laughs> and I was just wondering. I know we talked about it before, but I want to kind of talk a little bit more about it. I want to know what inspired you to. I know you talked about this, but what inspired you to do this podcast in the first place? Uh, well, just asked the question uh was and wherever fine podcasts are seen <laughs> <laughs> and i'm told that we were number two in independent um politics podcasts on the on good pod so Yay. thanks for all the listening um but it it was that came from some the title comes from something that helen thomas said to me on my first visit to the white house 40 years ago and that was um you know whatever if you have a question, Brian, don't be afraid to ask it. Just ask the question. That way they can't deny that it's been asked mm -hmm. and they can't and it's on the record. So just ask it. It doesn't matter what the what, what the answer is. What matters is getting the question out. So that has been to me the kind of where I've been my whole life and I, I like to do it in a variety of of topics, whether it's entertainment, comedy, politics. That's the main just ask the question podcast and then i do a weekly roundup that's the that's the one that i think is second in uh um independent political podcast and that is on good pods and that's just ask the press where me and former federal prosecutor michael zeldin and uh editor at large from cq road call uh, john t bennett we go over the the week uh news and we try and take a look at what's really going on and you know devoid of of the right or left spin, but just straight down the middle of what's going on and give people an idea of what we're, you know, what's really, what they're really facing in the world. Yeah. So that's, that was the impetus. It's a lot of fun to do. Um, uh, Jamie Raskin will be on next week. Oh, cool. we, we've had, uh, you know, uh, John Cryer, mm -hmm. I think a couple of, it's, it's just been a fun trip and, you know, we have uh, rock stars on it. It's just a lot of fun to sit down and talk to them about stuff uh, that, uh, interest them. So uh, wow. thanks for the thanks for the plug and the extended plug at that. <laughs> of course. Well, but I I still have questions. Is there any guests that you've had that has really stood out and why? I mean, obviously John Cryer might be one of them, but that's for you to say. <laughs> um, 
all of them are interesting in their own way. I don't know if I could pick a favorite guest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like differing thoughts. So even if it's someone who doesn't think the way I do or disagrees with me, like uh, Alice Stewart, who's a uh, mm-hmm. Republican strategist, I, I, I dig the conversation where you can actually get past um, what I consider, you know, the BS lying at the top mm-hmm. and digging underneath to find out things that we have in common, things that, and why we disagree on the things that we disagree with without the vitriol, without, you know, the threats. And so that's, it, it's more the topics and, and the conversation and how I try to steer it. And I, I haven't had a bad guest. <laughs> I haven't had one that I've said, wow, I don't want them back. Yeah. Um, they, they've all been very interesting uh, and, you know, on a personal level, just on the fact that we're both Beatles fans, you know, are, uh, ha- and well, so there would be two, Hal Sparks, uh, the comedian who's a lot of fun and is mm-hmm. also a Kentucky boy. So we had a lot of fun talking about Kentucky and music and comedy. And then John Fugelsang, who's uh, yeah. a big Beatle fan and as a fellow uh, Catholic boy and knows the Bible pretty well, they're always fun. I, I enjoy a good conversation with pretty much anybody yeah and and i love them i love both of them i love that hal sparks is just constantly optimistic and he ignores all of the negativity he's really and then of course john fuglesang is just fucking awesome <laughs> I mean, like everything <laughs> about him i just love him so much um and now also you've talked about your book before but i want you to plug that a little bit too because it's an extremely important book talking about the importance of newspapers and the press so just talk about that a little bit it's called Free the Press. It's in its 20,000th printing. I don't know. Wow. Second or third printing. <laughs> uh, and it's all about uh, the last 40 years and how the press has fallen apart and that every administration and every uh, bit of Congress is uh, all have been the ones behind destroying the free press. Um, there are only about six companies that own and operate about 95% of what you see, read, or hear. And we need to break up the media monopolies. We need better anti-slap legislation. We need, and for those who don't understand what that is, it's very large companies will sue very small, even though they know it's it, it's not factual. They'll sue small newspapers to try and run them out of business. And so, yeah. uh, we've tried to, you know, I I've tried to point that out, and I've asked for, and have yet to receive from any president. I, I think there should be a blue ribbon commission to de, to uh, decide how we best break apart media monopolies. Ben Bagdikian was a former editor at, at the Washington Post, was one of the, those who said, if you want diversity of opinion, you have to have diversity of readership. Mm-hmm. And the one thing we don't have in the media today is diversity of readership. Mm-hmm. We have the exact opposite. Yeah. So um, that's what the book's about. And plus it tells a few stories of, you know, the last 40 years covering a variety of different uh, news stories that I've covered. Very cool. Well, it's always a joy talking to you, and I'm so glad you took the time to spend uh, today with me. Um, Anytime. <laughs> and as I, you know, as all my listeners know, and I talked to you about this beforehand, you're also um, you, you sing in a band. What is the name of your band? The Rhythm Bandits, baby. We're here. We're. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a cover band. We have a few. Um, we have a few uh, originals, but mostly we just cover old rock and roll, and it's just a pub band. We we like to have fun, get up, sing, dance, and 
if I can get you singing and dancing with me for three hours, it's it's a good time. And so it's always it's always fun to get together with the boys and cut loose with yeah. a a few good tunes and listen to a good guitar solo and have a good backbeat and you know upbeat music and get people out having fun. Yeah, definitely. And Bob and I wanted to go to your show in October, and then all this crap happened that I'm not even going to do. But we are going to show up at some point because both of us want to go. And what we really want to do is we want to get a lot of the Stephanie Miller fans in this area, you know, to all show up so we can all party together because I think that would be so much fun. So March 23rd, baby. We'll be there. (laughs) All right. Well, before I let you go, tell everybody, I know there's a lot of places, but where where do you want people to find you? You can find me at Just Ask the Question wherever fine podcasts are heard. <laughs> you can also see me uh, weekly at Salon, sometimes twice weekly. Uh, I do a lot of radio and TV, and of course, the name of the book is called. Uh, no, no, well, one of them is called Shield the Source, but the but the new one is called Free the Press. <laughs> so you can catch that wherever fine books are sold. Very cool, and then of course you're on Threads and Spoutable and Twitter, and I'm. Oh on God! Yes, the the, yeah, you right have here. to thank Elon Musk. I used to only have to, you know, post in one place. Now I got to post in six because he's he's a real turd. But that's another story. <laughs> yes, he is, and it is. Uh, yeah, and you can find me on all the socials too, Brian. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure.